When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. It is another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Your hosts, Kerry Murdoch and Eddie Radosevich, are here. Uh, Josh McQuistian had some family obligations today, uh, as did Bob Prisbillo, whose obligations are apparently Ikea, which sound his day sounds awful. I, I mean, mean, I don't know. What we're getting ready to have to do and have some of these conversations, I don't know if it... I, I might rather be at an Ikea. And I, I know you. You would not. <laughs> you wouldn't enjoy IKEA. I don't at know. All. I don't know. After yesterday, I think that I might rather be at an IKEA. But here we are, and we're going to have to uh, talk this out because this is the worst that the program has been since 1998. I mean, it it is what it is. Well, Eddie and I at the end of the game yesterday, we were just kind of looked at each other and we were like, "How do we do this again? Like what? <laughs> like I, I I think the." The appropriate, I don't, I, there's not an appropriate act, adjective. There's tons of them, but um, beside ourselves, uh, what was the word I kept using with the players on the podium yesterday? They just, I mean, they were, they were bewildered. They were, they were, I mean, I, it I, was, they, they, they had, they really would just, they blindsided. I mean, yeah. they just look, everybody seems kind of blindsided by this. And I think that the most concerning part is the, you know, kind of what I mentioned to you after the postgame press conference. It just seems like there's a lot of people that don't know where to go. And that's including the head coach. That's including the players. That's including, I mean, all the way down to administration and, you know, some other folks that are a part of the program. It just feels like there is nobody that is within the program right now that has gone to the the depths of this type of failure. And it, it, it is true. Like there's nobody that knows how to handle the way that they've lost the last two weeks. I mean, my God, they've, they've been beat by 30 plus points for the first time in school history in back-to-back weeks. So I, we go to the press conference last night after the game. Uh, as usual, I wondered how it's going to work out because the losers always go first, uh, which means the, the winners can celebrate out on the field, get their time. And then they come in after and do all their stuff. And usually the losers want to come in there, take their medicine, get on the road, get home. Uh, but Brent Venables takes an incredibly long time to get to postgame press con- conferences, usually an hour after the game. And so, as I kind of suspected, like they came in and announced that Texas was going first after we waited and waited and waited. And then OU came out and, you know, the players had already showered. They were in their suits. Like usually players come in in their, their uniforms and do it. Uh, and... So we watched the press conference, and Joe Castiglione is in there. Uh, he's very quiet, doesn't talk to anybody really. Uh, and Brent Venables and his players come in there, and they just all had the same. Like, Brayden Willis looked like he had been run over by a train, but he didn't yeah. know where it came from. Well, it, and the thing I think that, you know, it, it sucks. I feel for the guy because he's he's certainly trying to lead. He's certainly trying to be... Uh, you know, the best role model example that you could possibly be, but there's only so much you can do. I mean, the kid, he played his ass off yesterday yeah. in the position that he was put in. He and Eric Gray both did a really good job they running did, that wild They cat. did everything that they possibly could. Yeah. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Do you want to get into well, like, let me, the let game me, and then we get into up. like big picture shit? Well, let's set this up first. Um, so we, we were at the press conference and it's honestly... You could tell Brent Venables had no answers. He didn't know really. 
he was befuddled. Like yeah. he was dazed. And we haven't seen him like that, but it was a man that you could tell did not have the answers to our questions about why it went so wrong. And nobody wants to hear the shit about these guys are invested. These guys are bought in. Like at some point that's going to break. And that it might've been yesterday where it broke for a lot of fans. Like they don't want to hear that. I, I, you would hope like the reason that Brent seems so just out of it. I, I mean, you know, just, it was like a, a bomb had dropped on the program. Like, it was almost like him realizing what I'm doing is not working. Yeah. Well, if I and, was and like, I need to feel because well, anyway, so I want to get into some more of what he said and what that means moving forward later, but I'm just trying to set up the same. So we go to the press conference. It's weird. You know, uh, <laughs> Kirk Bowles apparently thought that Texas beat the 85 bears. <laughs> Uh, because I mean, and look for Texas, it's been four years without the gold. Yeah. Pat. I mean, well, I mean, you go seven of 10, 10 of 13, 16 to 22. Like this is not a game that Texas has had a whole lot of success in, and especially to win that the way that they did yesterday. And what I'm thinking of this whole time is like, oh no, oh, you lost the golden hat. Like they won't be able to take any recruiting pictures with that next year. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking It's like, yeah. that's where my mind is like, you guys realize what you did? You lost control of the goal. Like, there was literally a recruit whose commitment ceremony was selecting a golden hat. Yeah. Like, that's become synonymous with Oklahoma, and you've now lost that to Texas. Like, that's what that's where my head was at, like, in the postgame. And the players were just like, we got our asses kicked. Uh, so, anyway, we go through that. It's weird. We'll, we'll come back to it. You and I are up in the press box. We're like, what can we say that we didn't say last week at this point? Like, we need to kind of take that drive home, have our thoughts. And the whole time you're getting texts, I'm getting texts. People are telling us what's going, what they're hearing behind the scenes, like what some of that stuff meant in the press conference. So what I found out yesterday is basically everybody that I know got hammered last night because that was the only way they knew how to deal with it. And I'll be honest, I got to Norman at nine o'clock, drove straight from the fair park, my first stop was to the liquor store. You got there in time. I got there in time uh, and picked up some whiskey and took it home. And then, strangely enough, I watched football. Like, you cannot, you know, the sad part about this is that OU is, now, is no longer a part of the college football big picture. But I'm not giving up on football because it's football. And I'm at home on a Saturday night at a reasonable time, able to watch, you know, some USC and able to watch... Uh, what was it? Oh, A&M was a great game. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm drowning my sorrows in my whiskey. And I woke up this morning and it's like, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the power or the strength to drink. Like I, w I woke well, up. That would have been worrisome if you were drinking on Sunday morning. I woke up. Yeah. I mean, I went to bed before that Oregon State mm -hmm. Pac-12 at dark Stanford you know, game started. Uh, and when I, I was so tired, I woke up because I'd been to. Uh, Marietta the day before for the Bevo Bash, like woke up at three, drove down for that, came back to get some stuff at the office and get get some things around. Then I went to bed, got up at six and drove back to Dallas for the game. So I was pretty tired, but it's not often when Kerry wakes up in the morning and there's a full glass of whiskey just sitting next to his living room chair. Like that's how, out, I mean, that's how just distraught I was over this whole deal. I mean, I, it, it just like, and Josh said it last week, the way that they've lost over the last two weeks is flat out inexcusable at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't lose like that. And I just, I think that's like the biggest worrisome part about all this is this thing is going in the wrong direction. Like if we're going to have very honest conversations, this thing is going in the wrong direction to the point of like, I woke up this morning and I, I'm not saying that they need to fire Brent Venables. Nobody get that out of this but it's like can he fix this and for the first time and we're sitting here going into week seven it's like i i don't know if he can and that's concerning i think that he can i believe that he can i don't know that he can i'm i have a similar thought process but mine is clearly one direction which is what are you doing brent like you're not preparing your football team he thinks he is I mean, he talks about how much the players are invested and what they put into it. There's something he is doing as the head coach of Oklahoma that is that has these young men unprepared 
to play well on Saturdays. And, you know, we've been to some practices. We've seen how high intensity it is. Like, do these guys not have anything left by the time Saturday gets here? That's my question. I just, and I, you know, he mentioned it after the game. It's something that has obviously come up or at least been brought to his attention. Everybody's talking about it. And I just. What, like, did, what was the exact phrase? Like, my players we are. We look tired. We are they, tired. They look tired. And I mean, is are they, is that just an excuse? I, I almost kind of look at it as an excuse. I know that everybody thinks that it's a soft program or doesn't even think they, I mean, just look at it. It's a soft Historically, program. Historically, now Oklahoma, the national perception is that their defense is soft. But it's, I'm, I'm caught in between of this, like, I, I understand trying to lay the foundation, trying to start building what you want a program to be or what you want a culture to be. Right now, the culture for this program is being, I mean, not, com- on not competitive yeah. on Saturdays. And that's concerning. Like, they could have... I, I understand the idea of like, you know, this this is a defense that not giving a shit about it for X however many years has caught up with them to a certain extent. Some of the defense that we've seen over the last two, three weeks, it was never that bad that it, as it was under Grinch. Like, it looks worse. How do they continue to keep finding ways to just look worse? I, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I think... This is, you know, the biggest challenge for Brent in his professional life right now, which is he's got to be honest with himself. He's got to he's got to take some advice. And I don't know, you know, if he wound up at Bob Stoops house last night. I'm sure Bob was still in Dallas. Uh, But, you know, is he there today just trying to get a, you know, like, do you bring Bob out to practice more and say, hey, I need your I need I need you to weigh in on this because I don't when it comes to Saturdays. We're not practicing in a way that gets us ready to play the best possible football we can play on Saturday. Yeah. So what am I doing wrong? What are we doing wrong as a program? Because you've got to build... The, the, the purpose of the week is not to practice as hard as you can. The purpose of the week should be to play the best you can on Saturday. Sure. So there's something he's doing, something that this program is doing that is not allowing this team to play their best on Saturdays. And I, you know, I, I think that it's probably one of those deals that it's not just one thing. And I think that's what, by the way, we haven't gotten to the offense yet. That's so. what's so worrisome is like, I don't think that it is just one thing. It's like, it's, it's part of being tired. It's part of playing guys that probably shouldn't be on the field. It's, it's part of taking an offensive game plan into the cotton bowl that you just weren't going to win with. Like, I don't understand how they thought that that was what it was going to be. And that leads into the quarterback thing. I have a hard time questioning the game plan, though, because we kind of told them that that's what they had to do well, if they were yeah, going to win. Come it, up with an offense that could move the ball with a quarterback that's not any good. Like, yeah. we've been very clear on this. Like, if Dylan Gabriel went down, they have no shot for success. Sure. Like, and we've said that over and over and over again. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the scoop account yesterday. And I think some of it came off wrong, like, in the heat of the moment. Like, I wasn't saying, I want to see another quarterback. I was just saying, no matter who you put in at quarterback, you're not going to win this game. I'm, so it, I completely understand, like, where the fans are coming from, though. No, if it's going to look like that, absolutely. throw whoever out there. Right. Like, at least act like you're trying to go with something else. And that's the thing that I came to grips with by the end. It was like... Okay, I'm with, I, I went from trying to tell the fans, like, it's not going to be any good to, okay, well, I'm with you. Let's just see somebody else because this shit is awful. I mean, I mean he threw for 38 yards. There was, a, uh, there was a point in, like, the middle of the second quarter where it's already 21 to nothing, and you basically know that this game's over. They're not coming back. They can't move the ball. That you're just basically going out there for three or four plays before you punt. Like, it, there was no reason to even run the offense out there at times. And like the quarterback thing is just, I, unless general booty or Nick Evers just like can't catch snaps. I don't care if they only know three plays. Yeah. Give them not run those three plays. Yeah. Cause with Davis bevel, you're not going to be able to move the football. I, I just, I don't get it. And like, I understand He's not that. Good. Well, and it, it, there's a lot of things like, as you said, that, you know, people tweeting into the scoop account or posting on the message boards or tweeting me or tweeting Josh or whoever. It's like, you know, I don't think I necessarily agree with like 
the manner in which you ask a bunch of these questions. But I do agree with the sentiment that like there are some very real, very serious questions that need to be asked of the coaches why they don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball like 10 yards down the field. Like truly. I think Davis Bevel can throw the ball down the field. He just can't throw it three yards. I mean, I just... He can it, throw it 20 with yeah. ease. But if you want him to hit you three yards on Those a... Those should be on the a, easiest throws. Yeah, on a, a route, you know, out of the backfield. And I... God. Like, I, I do kind he of... He had a... He had... You remember, we were in the press box. It was a perfect angle. But he had a screen pass he tried to throw to, to Drake Stoops. Yeah. It was one of the worst passes I've ever seen an Oklahoma quarterback throw. It was awful. It was awful. Drake Stoops had no shot. There was not a person, not a defensive guy. Not a, no one had a shot to catch that pass. Every football team in the FBS scored a touchdown yesterday. Except for Except one. Except for one. I mean, can you... I, I don't think that I can put it into perspective like how far this thing has fallen. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, you would love to have Caleb Williams on this team, but... For it to fall that far, you start like it, it's it's only natural, carry to start asking questions like, "Are guys have they quit?" Like we're six games into this, and have guys quit? Have guys started to tune Brent Venables out with all the raw raw bullshit that they throw out there when they don't play well on it's, Saturday? It's easy to believe it during the middle of the the summer. It's easy to believe it during August, but when you get to nut cutting time, and now you've been flat out embarrassed to a proportion in which. Oklahoma fans haven't seen since 1998 for a lot of people on this football team in their entire lifetime. It's like, which way is this thing going? Like he, I, I would have never imagined that we were going to be sitting here going into the week of the Kansas game where Kansas is going to be the only ranked team on the field on Saturday. And it's, it's a must win. Like it is a must win for the future of the program. I think, you know, the thing that, like you said, the, we know every step that's happened along the way that's led Oklahoma here. Like, you were showing me something somebody put on the board about what the percentage of roster yeah. from recruiting classes that are still left. And, and that's it's why abysmal. I, I mean, it's like this program has literally been raped of its roster. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a great breakdown from the board. Uh, it just said, did some quick research into our bare cupboard. 2018 class, five players of the 23 still at OU. Bray Walker is one of the five. 2019 class should be the senior class. We have 10 guys still still at OU out of the 24 signed. Marcus Hicks, Corey Robertson included. 2020 class should be the junior class. We have 14 guys still at OU of the 23 signed. Bryson Washington, Kendall Dennis, Trey West. 2021 class should be sophomore class. We have 10 guys still at OU out of the 16 they signed. And this made me laugh. (laughs) Who signed 16 effing players in a class, Tebow? Uh, And then, so we have a total of 34 scholarship players here from Tebow's last three years, 39 from his uh, total recruiting class, and many of them are not difference makers. And, you know, it's obvious that they they have some talent inefficiencies. That that is obvious. But it shouldn't, or depth inefficiencies. It shouldn't be this bad, though. You should, like, again, and I know this is like, people wouldn't be happy at Oklahoma if this was happening, but if they were three and three and they're coming off of, 35 31 losses or like a 42 20 27 loss where they were competitive for at least two or three quarters i think everybody could live with it you go they're trying to instill their you know their culture their foundation into the program but they're not even competitive like they are being embarrassed to the point of i think that there are some very like serious conversations amongst donors that it's like, this is not what we're paying for. This is not what we're giving you money to build a new facility for. I don't give a damn what you guys uh, are talking about in the future. Like, we need to see results. Yeah. This, no, I mean, this is this is the worst nightmare scenario. Yeah. To, to go out and play like this. And it's just... After it, you've had it's all this big so talk bad. about how to build championships and he knows the blueprint and all that stuff. I, I mean, I, hate, I don't want to be starky about this, but like... Right now, it doesn't look like Brent Venables knows the blueprint to winning a regular season game. Yeah. I mean, that's where the fans are right every, now. Every low that they've you know put out there here over the last couple of weeks, it goes back to like one year, and it's 1998. And everybody knows like what happened to get Bob Stoops here in 99. It was because they were so terrible in 1998. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know, man. It, it just like yesterday was the first time I've been very like in the corner of Brent Venables as far as, and I, st- I still am. It's just like, this is one of those Something's moments wrong, like, but it's like, you got to fix it. Yeah. You got to fix it. Like, I'm, like they're going to give you time. People are going to be patient. The people that are important are going to be patient. But I and mean, the thing about it is, you it's, can't be embarrassed every weekend. This doesn't happen at Oklahoma. And Brent knows that. Yeah, he knows. And the thing about it is, is this game was not on the players. I mean, this game is on the coaches because if the coaching staff did their job, they don't get blown out. 49 to nothing. Like like you said, they, you know, 49-27. I mean, or at least, you know, hold them in the 30s. I mean, like, that's really what should have happened. Like, I mean, TCU's undefeated. I get it. They're good, but they that game was over at halftime. They, oh, I mean, it, it's sad to say it. Kansas beat them with the backup quarter, or almost beat them with their backup quarterback yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it's sad to say it, Jason Bean. Bean he almost, almost got me, OU. He almost got me kicked out of the press box last year. Now he's going to just come and completely like he might murder me on Saturday. <laughs> he might actually kill me out on the field. It it's it's one of those things. It's like I I keep waiting for it to bottom out, and I keep waiting for them to like start finding a way and build some momentum. And you you know even early in the game, it was a perfect example. Is like you you use the wildcat to get down there on the uh, you know first and goal. It's seven to nothing still. You run a, a a great trick play, like you have newfound life, mm-hmm. and then they just they can't take momentum. They piss it away every time they get the chance. And I, you know, that's not going to change a forty nine to nothing game, but they just can't get any type of good momentum right now. I mean, you know, again, Dylan Gabriel was out. He's coming back. We won't as long as he's healthy. We don't have to have this quarterback backup quarterback discussion, but. You know, if Jackson Arnold stays with Oklahoma, like he's going to be like, he's not going to have backups either. Like no. if he gets hurt, same, no. you're going to be in the same situation. And I keep going back to this, like Dylan Gabriel's not fixing everything. No. I mean, hell, if he's at UCLA, he's not, he hasn't even played this year. No. Because Dorian Thompson Robinson is a better quarterback. And if anything, it's like I told you before we started, like the whole charade that they threw out there yesterday, it just seemed, it throughout the entire week, really leading up to the game. It just seemed unneeded. That's the question. I mean, that, that, it that was very unneeded that they would run Gabriel out there for warmups and like, you know, at practice this week. They knew the he ruse. wasn't going to yeah. play. Like, I don't think that Texas was looking at Oklahoma's social media and saying, oh, shit, he's he's practicing. We might have to like, I, I don't know. There's a see, there's part of me that's like okay. for a team that's not go- for things that are not going well. That seems like just an added almost distraction inside the locker room. Well, to me. What it the concern I have about that is what kind of message were you sending to Davis Bevel all yeah, week? Sure. You were basically 100%. telling him you're not good enough and we need to use trickery and and act like Dylan Gabriel is playing and we have to come up with all these wildcat formations and things because you're not good enough to be the quarterback at Oklahoma. Right. And and General Booty's certainly not good enough. And Nick Evers, you're not good enough either. And you know, I, I mean, that's a concern to me. And whose fault is that? That's Jeff Levy's yeah. fault. Like it, it, I. How are they in this spot where you and enter Jeff, a season it, and you don't have quarterbacks? There are two things that that are high on my list. One is uh, that are problems at Oklahoma. One is the way that you practice and prepare to play for a game on Saturday. The second is the questions about Jeff Levy and how much he's doing to develop quarterbacks. Because Dylan Gabriel hasn't lit the world on fire. Davis Bevel looks like a guy that shouldn't even have a scholarship. Kerry, I'm at the point, if if you have a quarterback back there, if he, yes or no, can he catch a snap? If it's yes, put him out there. I want to see him. <laughs> like, put him out there. I don't care if he doesn't know the plays. I could live with General Booty coming in and throwing five interceptions on five straight series. But it, at least you're trying. Yeah. And that's what the fans, like, and it looks bad when you bring Nick Evers in in the fourth quarter late because it looks like, 
okay, I'm going to put him in there, but I'm going to I'm going to wait until another quarterback can't come in and play better and make me look dumb for not doing this sooner. I mean, they put him in there in a they let him throw the ball once he bounced it to Gavin Freeman. And it just it looks bad like I know that you you don't want to put somebody else in there who's going to, you know, fumble or throw an interception or do something to give the ball away and make it even worse. But you have to show the fans that you're going to at least try because they don't they don't understand that. No, I don't understand it to a certain extent. Like they there is there's not one person on the offensive side of the football that if you got the truth and honesty out of them going into the game that they said that that was a game plan that was going to win them the football game. By the way, I, I want to thank whoever made the decision to bring Davis Bevel to the podium last night. I mean, and what so an that unfair, I can ask the question in front of him, like, why didn't you change quarterbacks? Like what? So, and you asked Brent Venables, and basically the answer was. We thought that Davis Bevel gave us the best opportunity to win the football game. We said that they gave reps to all their quarterbacks, and Davis Bevel was clearly their, not clearly, but he was their best option. And again, I, I go back to the, but the best option in the Red River rivalry, like, because people can, their sphincters can pucker, and they may not play like they do in practice. And maybe Nick Evers would have, you know, rose to the challenge. I mean, I know that's stupid. The coaches would laugh at me for saying that, but that's how the fans think. And the last thing, you're on the verge of losing your team. The last thing you want to do is lose the fans as well. I think, and I usually roll my eyes when people talk about, uh, are they losing the locker room? Are they losing things? But I think because everything is so new right now, because of the way that Brent operates and, you know, he preaches a lot about, you know, the culture and, and the, you know, the mentality of a program and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I am extremely worried that there are going to be guys, and maybe this speaks to just their mental capacity as well, that it's just they're going to tune them out. And then that's when... And, have and that's what happened with Mike Stoops. And have they tuned them out? Because, I mean, the last two weeks, it, they, they, they have to be the two most embarrassing losses of my lifetime. Like, at least since what I've been covering it, for sure. No yeah. doubt about mm-hmm. it. But it's just like, you don't lose like that you don't those are games in which you know by the time it got to 21 to nothing with what was it 7 31 left in the second quarter it was over yeah and it might have been over when it was 14 to nothing like they had no, no right. opportunity to get back into the game they had no chance <laughs> well, to get back into the game literally it was over when it was seven nothing because OU was never going to score they might have kicked a field goal if it had been 7 nothing when instead of trying to run Eric Gray up the middle for one yard. I mean, I and I, I feel bad to a certain extent for, you know, Davis Bevel because he's catching all the heat. It's not his fault that he's, you know, I, and again, I, I'm sure he's a good kid. It's not his fault that he necessarily just flat out sucks. I mean, it is what it is. Everybody's seen it. He's not a good quarterback. He shouldn't be taking he shouldn't be taking snaps at Oklahoma. Yeah, he shouldn't be starting at the in the OU Texas game. But again, and I'm not trying to defend anybody. Who else were they going to get in the situation that yeah. they were in? No, I. It was I, a I terrible it. situation. To I be. get it. Well, the fact that they got Dylan Gabriel was a win, and then they just had to get some guys for emergency. He's an he's a he is a break break glass in case of emergency quarterback, and yeah. so is you know general booty well and nick evers is the only one that you're like okay he's a guy that they should be able to develop and possibly make him a starter someday i mean i think OU was averaging 5.9 at the end of the first quarter on the ground they were they were doing things well yeah but you had to know like i mean they should fire everybody immediately on the offensive side of the ball if and i don't think this is the case if they didn't think that texas was going to adjust and eventually stop the Wildcat. Like, yeah. they, they knew that... You knew coming you, after halftime there were going to be some adjustments. Yeah, and, like, they, and there were. Second and 12, third and 12, you know that they're not going to be able to just line up and run the football. And actually, I would say this. When it was 28 nothing, and you thought maybe they'd get to halftime at 28 nothing, it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, you thought maybe they could get it to 21 to nothing, and then they score with 18 seconds right. left. No, the, the, did they go up 35 before halftime? No, it was, 28 to nothing. it was 28 to nothing at halftime. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so you thought like, okay, they get to halftime twenty-one nothing. Like, I'd say the defense has made improvement this they, week. They, I mean, and 
Quinn Ewers did miss some stuff early. Yeah. But there was a sense of it's like, I mean, it's 28 to nothing or even 21 to nothing. And I think they played better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they didn't I, have I felt bust. the same way. They didn't have bust. But, but in the second half, they just fell apart. Well, I, they felt it once it got to 35 to nothing. I mean, I listen, you can, you can stand but the, up, the you offense, can sit up in the stands and say as much as you want, like these guys, these guys quit. Well, I mean, would, would, I would quit too. It's not so much about like the defense quit. It's just that the offense eventually they were playing so horribly, yeah, and doing nothing and giving them giving no one any hope. It was just like eventually that thing was just going to fall apart, and it did in the, in no, the third quarter. They they had an absolute just shit game plan. I mean, it. I appreciate that they tried some different things. I do like appreciate I, that. In there's a, a part sense. of me that feels like that should be applauded, like. Coming up with the Wildcat, doing that stuff. When you know that your quarterbacks are as bad as they are. But you had to know that you weren't going to go into the Cotton Bowl and just run a gimmick Wildcat offense and win a football game. Like, well, you're gonna well, that was where they're, you know, the expectation was if the defense plays well, we might be able to get away with this. Yeah. But all of that was predicated on the defense playing well, which it didn't. Right. And I I mean it was an offensive game plan. That was made up for Georgia's defense. Yeah, like an all-time Like if they defense. lost Stetson Bennett. Not a defense that was coming off the previous two weeks of embarrassing performances yeah. in Norman and uh, Fort Worth. But I'm just saying, there was nothing they were going to do to win that game. No. and I, So coming up with a Wildcat, at least, I mean, it did a hell of a lot more than Davis Bevel did as, as running the regular offense. Sure. And the, there so is, I don't. I mean, like I take issue. I don't. I I don't think Jeff Lebby's reputation takes a hit because he tried some wild ass stuff. And it's like, like if you want to say like, oh, it's clear that Lebby's in over. No, he's not. He came up. He's not even that type of offensive coordinator. He ran the damn wildcat for most of the game, and they didn't score any points. But they didn't. They, they were doing even worse when they just put Davis Bevel behind center. And granted, maybe that goes back to the quarterback development thing. Maybe it goes back to not knowing your quarterbacks and being able to call a game that allows them to, you know, use their strengths and stay away from their weaknesses. You can make that argument. That's fine. But I'm not I'm not here to rip on Levy for trying to come up with something creative. No, I mean, if there's anything to criticize Levy about, it's just not having another quarterback that's ready, that that can be ready to take snaps. And that's Somewhat of a, a serious conversation to be had. You had to know that you were going to go into the season. What if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt? Well, maybe that's why they you don't name no your starting quarterback in the spring. Well, yeah, that, that was a misstep for sure. Somebody was talking about it on the boards. When uh, when did he say that? I want to say it was at the first spring press conference when he somebody basically asked, is Dylan going to be your starter? And he said, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So everybody was already on campus, weren't they? Well, not Davis and not, they not General yet? Booty. Okay. Because he was the first domino. Okay. And they got the... I mean, that's the other thing. They got quarterbacks to commit to him when they knew that there was another quarterback that was going to be starting. OU is opened as a nine-point favorite against Kansas. How does that happen? Oklahoma, will you legalize gambling so I can, so we can make some money? Because we're losing plenty of it. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is the first podcast we need to do a, an ad read for Soonerscoop.com. Like, please come, please keep coming to the website. Our traffic is shit. It, I, I don't know, man. I, again, the most worrisome thing for me is it just seems like nobody has the answers right now for anything. Anything. No. I, I mean, it's a total. That's, that's it's a, coaches, players, admin, media, fans. Nobody's used to this. Nobody, this is a level of failure that Oklahoma hasn't seen in, what would that be, 24 years? Well, you're, you're on to week seven. And like we said, weeks one, two, and three look like a totally different team. But you go back to the players being tired. Like, have you, they, have they worn them out in, through six weeks now? What do you think has happened in between that Nebraska game and getting back to play Kansas State because it, it's it's obvious. Like, the the way that they've played, it is only natural to go, there's something going on in the locker room. There is some type of divide. I don't think it's that at all. I mean, okay. I, I, I think it's something's going on in the practice field. They've got to throttle it back. 
That's my theory. And my theory changes every week. Last week I was blaming the players. Yeah. But based on kind of people that have reached out after the game and stuff that you hear, like, Brent's got to change some things. Yeah. And he's got to change the way he prepares his team because it's not working, or at least it's not working anymore this deep into the season. The most uncomfortable part about that is... And by the way, I, I thought they made a great decision by putting Woody Washington at safety. Yeah. When I saw him out there starting the game, I was like, wow, that's a really good, you know, that's a sure. really good wrinkle. Sure. Because he's, he's played safety before. Yeah, and you need Billy Bowman back, obviously, but at least they tried something. You yeah. Know, instead of sticking somebody else back there. But I, the, the, the most like but shocking. But back to what they got to do. No, the, the most shocking thing for me is, and it's the most uncomfortable thing to talk about is, Everything that has led into this this demise and failure of what these last three weeks have been, I think there was a sense when Brent was hired, it was like, he knows what a winning culture is. He knows what a winning formula is. It's never going to get to that point. Like, he's never going to allow it to get to that point. And it seems like every button that they've pressed is the wrong one. And that's where I go, now, wait a second. This... Is this too much? Is he going to be able to figure this out? Because, you know, from a discipline standpoint, from a uh, just, you know, a just straight execution, a fundamental standpoint, no bust, all that kind of stuff. We've seen all of it. I mean, we've seen the gambit of just overall failure on Saturdays. And I think that that's the one thing that I thought they were going to be able to fix it you can live with not having enough talent like i i understand that argument they need to recruit they need to continue to do well on the recruiting trail but there is a sense of it seems like this is more than just a lack of talent i mean there there are players that are on the field right now that look like they have literally never played the game and they at times had moments a year ago well people keep pointing to tcu and well, and look at Tech. Yeah, Tech. Joey McGuire well. didn't inherit necessarily a great situation, they and he has them playing their ass off in Stillwater. They almost beat OSU with their third-string quarterback. I just, it it doesn't, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It. I, I don't think Brent knows. I mean, that's the problem. That's like, worrisome. you and I can sit here, you and I can sit here and try and diagnose it all we want. Brent's got to figure it out. Nobody's calling carrying Eddie and saying, hey, come and watch practice this week. Tell us what we're doing wrong. This is on Brent. And and like I said, him tapping resources that he has, whether it's Bob Stoops, I don't think Bill Snyder's the guy to go to. See, right I, now. I don't think that uh, it is interesting like what Bob would say. He's going to give you the company line. Uh, you know, he goes on with Teddy occasionally, I think once a week. He's going to say that Brent needs time. He's going to tell you that, you know, everything, they're going to figure this thing out. But I think that there is also an element I would love to hear him talk about as far as, you know, his son's on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like every other parent. I would love to know, like, how he thinks this thing is being handled. And I, I just, I, I can't help but think, I don't think that he will ever in, interject himself into this thing. But, you know, I, I'm sure that if Brent asked him, he would tell him. Yep. What he thinks is going on, which, by the way, I, Drake Stoops was having trouble getting back up the tunnel on uh, Saturday. He's like yeah, kind of limping. Yeah. So I don't, you know, maybe that's something that we'll get into this week, just as far as his uh, status and availability a, that's like for a Saturday. Common theme, though. I mean, it's like the fans were going nuts on Twitter. Like uh, these players are faking injuries so they can get out of the game because they're they quit on they quit. Like no, I just think that Brent beats the shit out of them at practice, and they're they're. The, the injuries and the and the bumps and the bruises are piling up. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we we know that it was a very physical preseason, but I just have trouble connecting this team as tired to this team going out and just not even being competitive on Saturdays. Like, I would think that there would be some sense of... You only play 12 football games a year. You got to yeah, get up like, one of them. Truly, truly. That's not a hick voice, by the way. Just... That's high school football guy. I... That's the part that is worrisome to me is that it just doesn't seem like there's any pride. Like, have a little bit of respect for yourself. You know who has pride? Who? 
Eskridge Lexus. Yeah, they do have. They have a lot of pride. <laughs> uh, Eskridge Lexus, the great po- sponsor of our post-game podcast, have been for several years. Uh, look, I know the car inventories, they're still pretty limited, uh, but they are the inventories are improving. And uh, Eskridge, Le- Lex- Lex- Eskridge Lexus, uh, they've got uh, a, lot, a lot of new vehicles arriving each and every day. Uh, since their, their new car inventories have been limited, They've been stocking up on Lexus L-certified pre-owned vehicles, uh, and uh, those are unbelievable Lexus cars. I mean, the Lexus um, reliability is legendary. Uh, I've been driving one since 2008. I've rarely ever had a problem other than me being too stupid to change the battery in a timely fashion. Uh, I think one throttle cable. That's the only thing that's ever happened in, uh, what is it now, 14 years of ownership of a Lexus. Uh, and look, the L certified vehicles come with unlimited mile, unlimited mile, full factory warranty with up to six years of coverage. They also come with four free services, free car washes and use of brand new Lexus loaner vehicles while your car is in the service department. So go to EskridgeLexus.com for the most up to date inventories or to book your next service appointment. Uh, which I just did one of those recently. Very important to do. Keep that thing up to date. So thanks to Ed and everybody over at Eskridge Lexus for always being such great sponsors of the post-game pod and the official travel partner, Soonerscoop.com. Love extra Eskridge Lexus. Do not love the Oklahoma football program right now. <laughs> this is not fun. Like, this is not fun at all, having to sit here and talk about this. No, not three weeks in a row. I, I mean, mean, it's unprecedented. I just... it. It's it's not fun. Nobody is having fun. Uh, you know, I think that there is a certain element too of when you go down and get your ass beat the way that they did in uh, the Cotton Bowl. It it it's one of those things that you you kind of every it gets everybody's attention. I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? It gets every single person's attention in uh, the you know the realm of the program, whether it be coaches, players, fam- parents, family. Uh, you know, everybody, it just shouldn't be this bad. Well, that's what I keep going. I can handle bad. I can handle growing pains. This isn't that. I think the big thing right now is, you know, as I mentioned, Josie came into the post game press conferences, sat down in the back, um, which he's not, you know, not, he's not a stranger in post game press conferences. He comes yeah. to him all the time, good or bad. Yeah. But he obviously, I mean, he sat there and you could tell he wanted to hear what Brent Venable said. Um, and I'm sure he's having conversations with him all the time. But like, is this one of those things where like he gets called to meet with Joe C this week? They, like, meet, they meet once a week. Okay. Yeah, they do, don't they? Um, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a little different meeting, I think. It, but it, but it, And this, not not like a you know, worry for his job right, kind of thing, but right. they're not going to, everybody's got to be concerned about yeah. what's going on right now. You have to be, they're not going to fire him. I mean, he's not in jeopardy of losing. Like they're not and they're. You know, I, I saw somebody ask about play calling duties. They're not taking the play calling duties away from Jeff Levy. They're not, they're not going to make drastic. Like nobody's going to resign. Nobody's quitting, but there are some very serious conversations that you have to sit down and you don't have to tell Brent, that this is unacceptable. He knows that it is. Yeah. I just, I go, you know, now that they're three and three, now that they're in the spot that they are, like you legitimately have to start worrying about the future. I don't, I don't care if a kid has given you four years out on the field, if he's not getting it done. And I know that we, we talk about this after every loss. It's like, get somebody else out there, get somebody that wants to be out there and wants to learn and wants to develop. To a certain extent. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, Brent always has like uh, names for people that you don't want to be, like Johnny Gigolo, mm-hmm. Johnny Jack Around. He's Failure Fred right now. Johnny Five. No, I got a name for him. What? Johnny Junction Boy. Johnny Junction Boy? Oh, yeah. You don't want to be the, Johnny Junction no. Boy. And especially now with the way that this thing, like, it just, it's not a good look to be the, the dictator or what, you know, I'm not saying that he's been a dictator, but running the program where people are almost fearful. I think I think he's always been really good about, you know, coaching tough and loving hard and all that. You can coach tough when they know that they like care about you. Yeah, he's talked about right, this. Right. But I think that there is a sense And that's of, what's surprising about like, you know, just not re- like 
that's why you have to question, like, is it not about that? Is it about these guys truly, you know, seven weeks now into the season, like, they have nothing left because yeah. they've been asked to give so much to, to reshape the culture. But then again, like, was that all worth it, knowing what the culture is right now? I, the culture certainly isn't winning. Uh, it, well, like the old saying says, winning cures all ills. Sure. Sure. And I, I completely get and, the, the, the conversation that we had last week, Carrie, about, you know, this, the, the defense specifically is a product of not giving a shit on that side of the football for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. and it's caught up with them, obviously. And, and not one person on this team knows how to really play defense. No. To the level that it wins you games. Yeah. They know how to play defense, not to lose. But no one like, has ever been asked to play defense that is winning defense. Like, you can have a shitty offense and still win games. Yeah. Because but, your defense is that good. But they have guys out there that have just, like, that, that played football, that, that have played football at Oklahoma. It just looks like they have no idea what they're doing. Like, absolutely no idea. Like, angles and fundamentals and fits. The one thing I would say is just it wasn't as bad as TCU, but it still wasn't good. Like no, it, 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 they, that's the state of the program right now. They well, lost forty nine to nothing. Twelve play drive at one point. Like that's like you see that, and that was why. Like at twenty one nothing, you're like, okay, well at least they're not giving up all these explosive plays. No, yeah. Like, but then late, you saw like BJ Bijan Robinson had that little outlet pass that he took like eleven yards untouched. And that then was that the stuff point. Started I mean, that was the point where it's just like. It's, yeah. They're going through the motions. Right. Exactly. And I, you know, it's not the best look in the world, but I almost halfway don't even. At that point, when your offense has done absolutely nothing. It's like, I don't care. How does point. it, how, yeah, how are you supposed to care? It's it, Who in there, who, what human on this earth would care in that situation? I, yeah. And I think that that, like, that is the point of, uh, there is like this, this point of no return where people are just going to become apathetic to it. And they're going to be like, well. Hey, let us know when, when you want to be competitive again. We'll come back and watch. And that's the worst that's the worst spot for a college football program to be in. Well, and the big question is nobody wants to see Kansas come in here and beat Oklahoma. No, it's it's not it's, not one OU fan is willing to stomach that. So like it's is the, the worst sellout kind streak of, in ta like yeah, that's my concern next. It's the worst kind of uh it's the worst kind of like must win that you've ever been in. It's not, it's not a must win for all the good reasons. It's a must win because you fall to three and four. That would be the, the latest that this program has been under 500 in a season since 98. Uh, you're coming off of, you know, every historical checkbox marker that you can think of over the last two or three weeks uh, as far as their inability to just be competitive out on the field. And I think that there will be a lot of people that if they haven't already, they will turn. And I... It's it's just not a great spot to be in. I mean, we're, we're, let me ask you this. I mean, we keep talking about this in terms of, you know, this is not Oklahoma. This is not who they are. Uh, why can't Brent fix this? What if it's just simply like all the stuff we talked about with the roster? Like, what if what if we're just not willing to admit that this program has fallen into disrepair almost overnight? The coaching changes, the transition, like the roster turnover. I mean, if that's the case, it's Brent's fault. How is it? They his won fault? eleven games last year. But I'm saying they don't have the roster. They don't have Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is stupid because this is kind of what we've preached for the last couple of years. Can one player be that impactful to a program? But it's not just one player. I mean, it's the guys they lost in the draft yeah. that they didn't replace. You talked about, sure. You know, Lincoln's recruiting and how many guys are left. Like, sure. From the guys that left, whether it's the draft or transfer, like everybody, it's like every kid, every kid that's worth a crap, except for Theo Weiss, uh, who went in the portal, came back, Marvin Mims, who stayed. Might be going back in the portal. Uh, <laughs> to me, you've got to find ways to get Jalil Farouk more involved because he's becoming a star. Yeah. I mean, is has it you fallen? You have the running backs, but. Has it fallen that far, though? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, That's what like, I'm asking. Like, are how? we just not admitting that it's fallen as far as it has? Sure. I mean, they're the worst team in the Big 12 right now. They're the worst team in the Big yeah. 12. 
but all the guys that are left have stars next to their name, so you just think they must be good. Yeah. Yet, how many of those guys that aren't playing do you look at and say, well, he's just got to be better than that? Like, he's, you know. Yeah. Like, who at safety are you looking like? We noticed, like, Bryson Washington was back, like, this weekend. Like, he's another guy, highly recruited. You know, you would think that he could start for anybody in the Big 12. Maybe he's just not any good. When they've hit the the bottom that they have, I think just like everybody else, you just want to see somebody else out there. It's I mean, like the problem how is much had, worse can it get? You've had all these defensive coordinators. They've all evaluated these players that are on the roster for the most part. I mean, you bring in like a Trey Morrison, uh, Lualu, um, you know, a handful of guys. Jeffrey Johnson actually made a really good play early in the game. But you're trying to piece it together how many guys that Alex Grinch or Mike Stoops recruited are out there making a difference? Woody Washington? Um, I mean, making a di- like a true difference? Yeah, a, a difference. I can't name one guy. That's how down I am on this thing. Like, I, truly, is there one guy on then the Then this roster side of the is terrible. Is there, is there one guy? Like, am I just not thinking of somebody? We want Danny Stutzman to be one of those guys, but I mean, I think like Stutzman fits in as yes, that was a big time player. Yeah. Like David Aguebu was always kind of like a potential guy, an athletic freak. Woody Washington, very highly recruited. Jane Davis, no. Keith Lawrence, no. Justin Royals, no. CJ Colden, obviously not. Not part of that class. Trey Morrison, not part of that class. Uh, Deshaun White, no. Jalen Redmond, no. Reggie Grimes, no. Uh, R. Mason Thomas, not part of that. Ethan Downs, not really. Jordan Kelly, not really. I mean, I'm at the point where that's I, not a that's not a group of playmakers right there. No, I, I'm at the point right now where I just I I want to see somebody else. Like I. I could handle losing. I could handle losing by 30 again next week to Kansas if they just tried other people. At least say that you're going to go down fighting. But running the same stuff out there, it's obviously not getting better. It's getting worse. That's kind of where I am. And like that's where you go. And it's going to be a question that's going to be asked, I'm sure of, on at least Tuesday to Brent. And, you know... it, it's going to be one of those questions that I think everybody's going to know the answer to. He's not going to he's not going to throw guys under the bus. He's not going to say that they're quitting on the starters. But at some point, you got to start thinking like, you got to get freshmen in there. You got to get somebody else in there because those guys are going to end the portal, or those guys that's the worry, or you're just going to lose. Like I, I don't if know. If it doesn't happen crossroads. with Canick, I don't think it's happening with like Kobe McKenzie. And yeah, Kip Lewis got in. Kip Lewis, I. And that's, I guess it all doesn't matter though. I mean, they were still awful on the defensive line yesterday. I don't know how anybody thinks most of the game. Like that is. They did start switching it up in the second half when it was all but lost. Well, at least it was only 35 to nothing then. Like that's, it just seems asinine that they keep trying to run this three man front that, and Obviously, like Teddy and those guys would know a ton about more more about football than I would, but it just seems like you need an extra body up there because you're not getting three guys back there. Well, and then when they're sending guys, I mean, they got some pressure on yours early. I Did mean, that, the pick that uh, that Washington dropped, there was pressure on yeah. yours yeah. when he threw it. Maybe one play though. I mean, it there just, was pressure on him when C.J. Colden intercepted his. Yeah, that was in the second half, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the game was well, you know, it was 28 to nothing at the time. I just, I don't know. I, in some ways, <laughs> offensively, it's just like, I, they got, obviously they got to get Dylan Gabriel back, but even with Gabriel yesterday, it doesn't matter. No. Like that's, he's not going to make up the difference in that. I just, he it, might be it's kind of like the ball a little bit more consistently. Yeah. But it's kind of like judging Jeff Levy on, you know, what he did yesterday without Dylan Gabriel, I don't think that's fair. It's like, maybe not fair, but it's also his fault that they're at, like in that spot without a quarterback. I mean, it just is. He's the one that recruited those guys. I'd also put it on Lincoln Riley. It's his fault too. 
You you gave a guy you you let a guy come know. in in December. I mean, is it's then it's Joe C's fault for say, taking so long to hire. I mean, there's a lot of people. It was a shitty situation. Yeah. No, it was. And we've said all along, if someone besides Dylan Gabriel has to play, it's not going to go well. And it didn't go well. So why the fuck are we sitting here talking about what Jeff Levy is or isn't as an offensive coordinator? It wasn't going to go well. We knew it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. I just, I think we're wasting our breath just talking about this and yeah. judging him based on what we saw yesterday. No, I, and I don't think that like they need to like relieve him of his duties by any means <laughs> because I mean, and I thought he called pretty good game like up until yesterday when he had his hands tied behind his back it's like they they had open guys Dylan Gabriel just wasn't hitting him but then that goes into the idea of like Gabriel's Levy's guy he's the one that brought him in he's not performing the way that he should yeah now if you you get goose egged with Dylan Gabriel as your starter that's a discussion we should have sure sure but I mean, Dylan they, Gabriel didn't play yesterday. They just sold out almost. They kind of sold themselves out and said, we're going to do me, this. I mean, to me, the interesting thing stuff. is, do they go back to the Wildcat when Dylan Gabriel comes back? I mean, they probably won't, right? Uh, they shouldn't. I mean, if his offense is everything it's supposed to be, they shouldn't. we should never see the Wildcat again. I mean, there's Unless package. it's like goal line or something. Yeah, there's like there's there's certain areas, like a fourth and one or something. I thought they ran the ball pretty well out of the Wildcat. They did. Like Eric Gray had a couple. I'm down there on the field. They were opening some huge holes. Looked great. Looked really good at times. Yeah. But they had to know that that was not going to be a thing that they were going to be able to do for four quarters. And maybe they did know, and they just they're like, well, this is all we can do. I just don't care anymore about the the, the offensive discussion. I don't give a shit. No, I'm. I'm they I'm, came up with some wild ass game plan. Because they didn't have a quarterback. Fact and fact. I'm more worried. I'm more worried about like the overall aspect of this entire operation than I am like legitimately being. Well, guess what? When Dylan Gabriel can play, we don't have to worry about all this shit that we're sitting here wasting time talking about. Yeah. We don't. It's either sink or swim with Dylan Gabriel running Jeff Levy's offense. I still don't have any confidence that they can beat Kansas. Do you think I do? I'd love to bet on Kansas right now. I mean, Foe use a favorite. There's just no, nine. Yeah, nine. nine That's points. insanity. There's just no level of me that thinks that. Like I, I ultimately, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just. It's worrisome that they haven't been able to find answers. They can't stop bleeding. By the way, I don't care if people take issue with this or not. Stop comparing this to John Blake. John Blake became a head coach, and he never was a coordinator before that. People forget that. He was a defensive line coach for the Dallas Cowboys. He never had to be. He never had to have a duty as a coordinator, and he became a head coach. Like Brett Venables was the top defensive coordinator in the country for years. Like he's not as inept as John Blake was. And and the people that are saying it are probably people that didn't pay attention to OU football back then. So, look, it's hard to defend Brent. I'm not trying to defend him. He's got to fix some stuff, or it's he's going to be in a lot of trouble soon. Yeah. yeah. But the, come on, stop it with the John Blake comparisons. But there are elements of like how poorly they've played. There hasn't been an OU football team that has played this bad since those no, John they've Blake lost, years. Th- they're setting all the records that have, <laughs> haven't happened since 1998. Yeah. Pre-Stoops. Yeah. No, I mean, that is, that's the fact of the matter. I, and I think that's what's the toughest thing to swallow is that I mean, we can talk about, like, if has this thing fallen as, as far as we think it has? The facts of the matter is, yes. On the scoreboard, it says that it has. No, it's not as far as we have. It's just my point was, is the reason not because the staff is inept, is it because the roster just sucks and we're not willing to admit it? I think it's both. It's a little bit of both. And that's not the answer that anybody wants to hear. You can't... And I think that's, like one of the biggest beefs out there is the fact that you can't point to one thing and say, they got to fix that or they got to fix this. It's they got to fix it all. It's a puzzle that they've got to figure out. They have out. to fix everything. Yeah. Now, I, I, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And guess what? I won't talk about it anymore. I'm done. Like for this week, at least I'm saving the rest for next week. It's very concerning. 
I'm concerned. I'm trust me. I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, and it comes from the the. I don't want the fan base to just check out. Yeah, but I think that there as are, a business person, that's not good for my business. No, but I think that there are a lot of people that there's other things that you can do than watch this bullshit. Like they're not even being competitive for more than a quarter. No, and that's that's where you go. And nobody has to tell Joe see this. He knows when you're trying to make this move into the SEC, when you're trying to make this, this grand, like revival, I guess, of a program and that they're in now, and you're trying to build facilities, you're trying to do all this kind of stuff. You, you cannot do that if you're putting out those types of performances. Well, and I think that's the most surprising thing is like, everybody thought Brent was the guy to get OU ready for the SEC because he'd been at Clemson. He'd beaten Alabama. He won national championships. He's been in that arena. And he's not even in the big. Tw- he's not even in the top half of the Big Twelve. Let's right get a now. Big Twelve conference win for the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, truly, it it's it's to the point now. And they always talked about like we're going to take this thing from good to great. It it's taking steps back. Like, oh, yeah. why are they regressing? And you know, I think I, we talked about the Andy Staples article uh, with Thad talking about people around here haven't just they haven't experienced what bad is. Well, this is it. Mm-hmm. This better be it because if it gets any worse. Which, again, I find myself saying this for the last month. I don't know how it could get worse. And then they find a way to do. But if it gets worse, they're never going to have the opportunity. They're never going to have the opportunity to pull this thing out because they will be run out of town. I don't want that to happen. I, I think that they still will be able to get this thing fixed. I do. But I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they're not pulling. I would, pulling the plug. Halfway through, no, I don't not, ever see that happening. No, and they're not going to. I think you're, Brent's going to get a full season to make this look better. It, I mean, that's his goal right now. It's, it's just to look better. Yeah. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. But they haven't been great on the offense. Dylan Gabriel's going to have to play better. Offense is going to have to play better. But they. But I think they're running the ball better. Dylan Gabriel has to live up to his end of the bargain of passing the ball better, being more accurate. But the big, I mean, now it's not about, if they go, it's barely about getting to a bowl game at this point. If they go three and nine and just for fun, we'll say start like one and two next year, they have to fire him. This thing will not be, you will not be able to live to get to conference play. Yeah. And that pains me to say it. I think Brent can still get this thing fixed. And now the next, like the, kind of the next mountain here is is well. There's a step in class yeah. There's together. a step in between this year, and next year, which is the recruiting class. Have to keep it together. Yeah, and it, it's only it's only human to think that they're going to lose a couple guys, and you just hope that they're the guys that you know you don't want them to be. Yeah, it can't be Jackson Arnold. It can't be you know Vasek. It can't be whoever on the defensive line. They need difference makers. Hopefully that, you know, you, you got to recruit your balls off now to keep this thing together. It might be more tough to keep the recruiting class together than it is to get this football team back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, is this what Nebraska and Texas were like? I think it's probably what Texas was like. I mean, they went lost what, six games in a row last year. Yeah, but they were at least, weren't they competitive in games? I just can't get over the fact that Oklahoma is getting embarrassed on Saturdays. The players, the coaches, the fans. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's not fun. I'm not having fun. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. All right. I'm ready to end this. Win a big like win a Big Twelve conference game and then we'll start like working our way back to at least being positive about life. (sighs) I felt better before we started doing a podcast and now I just feel worse. I'm going to run my car off the side of the road. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, it sucks. It is what it is. They can't change anything that has happened though. You just hope that it's there's just, a little bit like, of pride within the program. That's that they the can thing. Figure this out. Like we don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to fix it either out there listening. I, I, I think I'm done. Like just getting the, everyone's two cents on how to fix it the, or what to do. I know that everybody was thinking it yesterday, but it is very uncomfortable. Like people chanting for, we want booty coming into the game in the second quarter like that. It's just not the best 
look in the entire world. But then again, I get it. You want to see somebody else? I do too. You know, it just like, it's very uncomfortable to hear. I don't know. You know, Jackson Arnold sitting there in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I just, everybody knows that you want to be able to get the offense to move the football, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like, Ooh, that's just such a bad look right now. Yeah, it's not good. But, but it's only going to get worse if they don't Dylan improve. Gabriel didn't play, so I'm yeah, not going to be that concerned about it, it. Yeah, that's fine. It just wouldn't have changed the outcome, though. I know. I've said that all along. Yeah. Until the defense plays better. But we won't have to stop. We won't have to talk about the stupid backups that aren't any good if Dylan Gabriel just stays healthy. And we'll, then we'll just be able to bitch about how Dylan Gabriel isn't Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. Or Far from. Hurts or Caleb Williams. All right. Um, I'm a little testy. I want this to end. I want to stop talking about what I saw yesterday because it's just, I, want to, I, I got the alcohol when I got home so I could forget about it. But then I was too tired to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, now, I'm, now I'm having to confront this head on. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So we're going to keep going to games. We're contractually obligated uh, and subscriptionally obligated. Regardless, I'll just say this. Stay with us. We're, we're, we're doing our best to cover this uh, and cover it for you guys. Do the pods. Still work. We still have an office. There's still lots of crap sitting around getting put together. So it's not like we're going anywhere. So yeah, just stick with us. Don't let the team. Don't let the team uh, drive you away from. <laughs> We're here. We're here to commiserate. To be therapist if we have to. So would Kale being around change anything? It would. It would be one less uh, hostile situation for Brent to deal with. I, that's that's a big talking point today. I mean, it, it, I know it's, we were it's, done it's pretty obvious you, like the Kale Army is out there and yeah. they're not happy. I mean, I know you've dealt with some of that. I've dealt with some yeah. of that. His supporters. Yeah, it's uh, obvious. That are still upset about the way everything went down. I just don't know if that would change everything right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Lebby's still running the show. He's still in charge of everything. Sure. So. All right. I just, yeah, I don't really see it being, I know that's a pretty obvious thing. Like maybe he could add some wisdom to yeah. it. Back to the matter is Dylan Gabriel did not play. So let's just like, the, like they sometimes say, burn the tape, move on. This is a month of burning the tape. Well, on defense so far. Anyway. All right. Uh, I, we are done. Uh, I think I'm done. <laughs> I don't know how my day is going to play out. I might go find the whiskey again uh, and watch the Cowboys game. So thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week uh, from Norman, from the offices as Kansas is coming to town. Uh, thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus. Go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. See, this was more of an angry, this was an angrier post-game reaction podcast than last week that was a little bit more, we had more people involved, so. This was just Eddie and I just getting pissed. I mean, it's just like, it, at the end of the day, it's just almost kind of like one of those things. It's like, kind of is what it is. They are what they are. Like, if they're not embarrassed <laughs> by this bullshit, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. If you can't, if, if you come back to Norman and you aren't like truly devastated to the core and embarrassed, then go, leave, get out. Transfer leave, portal. Transfer. F*** you, get out. It is what it is. All right. I think I'm done Last now. words from it. I'm done now. Uh, we'll see you guys back here next week for another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast from Soonerscoop.com.